Well, it's my pleasure and privilege to introduce to you somebody that you all probably know very well, who has decided to make this his home church yet again. And I'm excited to hear Pastor Tim come share God's word with us this morning. Thank you, Pastor. It is a privilege to be here. It's an honor to be here. Whenever I was with our son yesterday, Neil, he said, how many years has it been since you preached and stood behind that pulpit? I said, it's been 21 years, almost 22 in February it would be. Wow, to get back in the saddle again. <laughs> Gil, I know exactly what you talk about, and you say, <laughs> hallelujah. We appreciate Pastor Jeff and Anna, and um, we are just blessed to be here. We thank you for your welcome to our family, and... Um, I uh, I really appreciate Pastor Jeff. He gives the word, right? And I thank the Lord for a place that we have called home, Dover Assembly of God, that is Pentecostal. Yes. Hallelujah. And uh, we praise the Lord. I, I remember the first time I met Pastor Jeff and... We, um, when we came to Pinchot, uh, it was back in 08, but in 09, we had to do a sunrise service. And I thought, I, they told me, they said, oh, by the way, you got to put it all together. <laughs> oh, no. And I thought of Pastor Jeff, and I thought, I'll give him a call. And he was so willing to do it. And I, I, that just said something to me. And I thought I'd go a little step further and said, would you do the speaking? <laughs> and he said, yes. And I thought, <laughs> I thank the Lord for that. And I praise his holy name. Jesus be praised, right? He be glorified. First Kings chapter 18. First Kings chapter 18, I want us to look at verse 43. And said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up and he looked and said, there is nothing. And he said, go again seven times. Wow, Father, I thank you for your word, and I thank you, Lord, for your help. And I pray, Lord God, that you will touch everyone that is here, everyone, Lord God, that is listening by live stream. Would you touch them and minister to them? Help them, Lord God, we pray. And Father, we will give you the glory. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Yesterday morning, I got a text from Pastor, and he said, what is your sermon title? And I said, nothing. <laughs> I wrote back, I said, nothing. And at that time, I was sitting in a tree stand in Juniata County, and guess what? I started to chuckle because I saw nothing. <laughs> I saw nothing. <laughs> so that is the title of the sermon, Nothing. Back in the late 70s, an old-time gospel preacher said this, Victory is for those who will not take no for an answer. And the servant said, there is nothing. And Elijah said, go again. Go again. Seven times. This text says it all. Church, I believe that it is the lesson of faith. Faced by a lack of evidence, which refuses to allow such a report to be final. The soul sees what the body cannot see. There is no option for the conqueror. The one who wins walks by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 18, it says, Fixing our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Wow. You see, faith is based not on sight. It's not based on imagination. You see... There is something today that we can say that is beyond the computer age, the bookkeeper age, the laboratory, the charts, and the graphs. God has the last say, right? Aren't you so glad? And it might also be, when he has the last say, it might also be, go again. Go again. You see, too many people, I believe, are accepting as the final and the last. There is nothing. There is nothing. It is a popular message today. It seems almost to be the underlying theme for today. You can hear it from the theater, the stage, the television, the radio. The answer is the same for every doubter, every skeptic, the fearful. It's the same. The answer is, go again. The same answer that was given to the servant, go again. I believe that God is telling the church, 
Go again. Go again. Keep praying until the answer comes. Go again. Keep on singing. Go again. Aren't you glad for the worship team? Give them a hand. Go again, worship team. Go again. Keep on believing. Go again. Keep on hoping. Go again. The old hymn, I believe, says it all. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. I dare not trust the gratifying pleasure, words, or plans of this world. But completely, totally, without exception, I lean on Jesus' name. Go again. Keep on anticipating. Keep on expecting. Keep on desiring. Keep on trusting. Go again. You see, my faith must never fear fact. Data. You look at the news, man, there it goes. But it, our faith isn't in that. The fact is, we will have trials. We will have tribulations in this world. But John 16, tells us that since faith never fears fact, it says, be of good cheer. Jesus has overcome the world. Go again. I believe that Jesus was telling these people here that it might look dark. It might look a little gloomy. But don't worry. In spite of how things look, everything is under control. Jesus is saying, trust be confident, be assured what I have said, believe, believe it. Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Our faith turns there is nothing into something. Our faith does. It must, I believe church, it must not stop short of fact. One man said this, my conviction never can never be built on the crumbling idea that anything true can hurt it. In 1 Kings chapter 18, 43, it tells us, and he went up and he looked. Church, I am a believer today, not because I won't look, but because I look. I believe, you see, I want to see God move. I want to see God work. I want to see miracles. I want to see healings. I want to see the unexpected. I want to see the impossible. I want to see the difficult, the impractical. I want to see God do mighty things 
just like you, just like Pastor Anna. And I believe this board too. I am determined to know what can be known. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death. The power of Jesus' resurrection enables us to live by faith. Resurrection power, I believe, is experiencing the power of the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So if that is the case, we must go again. We must. And again. And again. If we are determined to know the power of his resurrection, we must go again. There is a faith beyond the observation. There is a faith beyond the curious and the stubbornness of Thomas who said in John chapter 20 and verse 25, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Merle Tenney said this, he said, in spite of the repeated assurances of his colleagues that Jesus had risen, Thomas was stubborn, he was inflexible, and he was unyielding, and he was headstrong. He was so certain of the death of Jesus that he would not believe the report of his reappearance and insisted that he would not believe unless he could actually touch Jesus' body. So what was Thomas saying? I believe he was saying this. He was basically saying, there is nothing. And I believe he was also saying, and I'm not going again. There is a faith that is blessed because... They have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus affirmed the evidence of what Thomas had experienced, yet he cautioned him that faith is not only seeing and only feeling, but taking him at his word. That is a faith free from suspicion. It's a, it's a faith that is free from doubt. It's a faith that is free uh, from the lack of trust. It is a faith that believes it is there before you can even see it. A faith. Wow. It is a faith of uncompromising confidence. Elijah's chief of staff was a man of few words. He said, there is nothing. The report was very brief, right? Very short. It didn't have any excitement. There was no zest to it. There was no motivation. There was no hope in it at all. It sounds like a checkup examination or an investigation. It was undeniable in the most dull presentation that there was. There is nothing. There never has been, is what Thomas was saying. 
There never will be. Can you imagine, think about this, because this scripture says it, the shock that that servant had when he heard Elijah's words go again? Wow. Faith isn't easy. Faith isn't easy. But all you need is faith as a little mustard seed. That's all. Can you see those? They're not very big, are they? About 28 years ago, Mildred Crone gave these to me. She has a mustard seed. And I've never forgotten it. Mustard seed faith. You see, no one says it's going to be easy. Nobody tells us that. Faith stands challenged by facts. It always does. Can I hold my faith when all signs fail? Can I? Can I hold my faith when it seems like what the township wants to do? Can I hold my faith? Can I shout yes when everything around me says no, nothing? Can I? When everybody is unyielding, can I still stand and put my faith in God who says and who tells me, go again? Wow. It is all right to inquire and to ask, church. It's all right to. Do what Elijah did. He sent his servant to look. He said, go look. Go ahead and ask for testimony. Go ahead and seek evidence. We have the right to do so. We can. One man said this, but don't hold your faith with so light a grip as to endanger it. If the inquiry brings a negative report, and sometimes it does, sometimes faith may need the challenge of an impossible report. It did for Elijah's servant. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Now that there, that sound tech guy, he got it. <laughs> he's, on, he's on target here today. Thank you. I, I'm still the old school, you know, I carry a Bible and I look. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 and 16. These all died in faith, 
not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Look at verse 16. But now they desire a better country, that is a heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Wow. You see, Elijah had survived three years of drought. Three. There seemed to be even less faith in Israel than water. There wasn't much that was inviting or much appealing about the public, the area there. Nothing about Israel would lift your spirit at all. Ahab had commissioned his secretary of state who at the same, and his name was of course Obadiah, and Ahab asked him to seek out all the fountains and all the pools and possibly just perhaps there might even be grass to see, save the lives of the animals. Church, do you know what happened? As the scripture tells us, the nation had reached a disaster stage. It did. The mood was ugly. There was anger mingled with helplessness. It wasn't the best of times to predict a cloudburst. It wasn't the best of times at all. Plowed fields had turned to dust. The flowers and the plants were gone. The smell and the scent of death was everywhere. Mouths were dry. Stomachs were hungry. Breathing became very hard. More curses than praise filled the air at this time. The one who brought encouragement and hope wasn't popular anymore. And oh yes, I believe there were many in high places who would have been glad to give those messengers that brought the word eliminated their life snuffed out. You can see the threat of Elijah's faith was at a greater danger, was at a greater risk than all the deserters and all the traitors of the organization of Baal. Elijah told him to go again. You must go again, church. You must go again, even if there are unknown circumstances. You must go again. Things had happened that day. They had been overwhelming. Things happened that were undeniable beyond question. Things like fire had fallen at command and request. Elijah had faced the nation. The Baal organization was no longer a concern. The confidence of the prophet was at the highest point. 
First Kings chapter 18 and verse 41. Behold, the sound of abundance of rain is in the land. Aren't you glad? The abundance of rain is in the land. There was no one else who shared his faith. No one else shared his confidence. No one else shared his assurance and his certainty. He was sure his God was not going to let him down. And he will not let you down either, church. There wasn't a sign. Not at all. You didn't hear it on the television or the radio or on your phone. You didn't hear it. The day didn't appear any different from three years of cloudless days. They would believe, these people were going to believe when they saw. The servant displayed the generic attitude, there is nothing. But Elijah had an ear, and his ear was sensitive, and it was tuned the ear of prayer. He prayed. You know what I mean? He prayed. He could hear from a long distance. His soul could pick up the purpose and the plan of another world. You talk about spiritual scientists. We have a special group of scientists that are awaiting the crowning day. You know, ones like the Apostle Paul. Like Elijah, Moses, Peter, Daniel, and many more. Those who could hear what the Spirit knew. Wow. As one man said, they were the Edisons, they that were the Graham Bells and others. But in the world of the soul, the spiritual. You see, the prophet saw on the screen of his soul the evidence long before the servant saw. Again and again, the servant repeated the words. There is nothing, nothing. And again and again, the, he heard the command come back to him, go again, go again, go look again. I don't know what arguments that this here man was thinking about that maybe have passed his lips like maybe master you are too hopeful and you're too expectant now you've had an exciting day for yourself now you have to keep in mind this is not the rainy season even if the drought was over please don't predict a storm a sprinkle, maybe, but not a storm. And the command never faltered. The command, it never faltered. It never changed. The command was given, go again. Go again. Church, there is completeness of faith. 
Nothing is missing. Go to Joshua chapter 6. Joshua chapter 6. Looking at verses 3 to 5. And you shall come past this city, all you men of war, and go around about the city once. Thus shall you do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark even seven trumpets of ram's horn. And the seventh day you shall come past the city seven times. And the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet. All the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city shall fall down flat. And the people shall ascend up. Every man straight before him. Church, look at the scripture again. There are the seven times. He told the prophet what? He said, go seven times. Go seven times. We know that seven is God's complete number. Church, you have to believe to see. You have to. I think the tired servant, I believe he was rewarded. I believe so. His eyes were strained, his mission tedious. Maybe he got bored at times and dull. And then all of a sudden, the speck. The speck. It wasn't much. The scripture tells us it was the size of a man's hand. That's all we saw. But you know, it doesn't take much with God, right? It don't take much. It was something. And it was something that he could see. The size did not matter to Elijah. He knew that God is forever growing great things out of specks, out of little things. Elijah could feel victory. Arise quickly. Awake and prepare for action. And I believe that's what God is telling his church today. Arise. Expect. Prepare for action of what he's going to do. The contest wasn't easy. Not as easy as the altar at Carmel. Elijah had been told that the rain would return only at his word. He had that promise, church. Sometimes you have promises, but not signs. And I say to you today, hold on to the promises. Hold on to the promises. Hold on. You hold on through arrogant ego, pride, and disbelief of others of this world. They'll tell you all the negative there is, but you hold on. 
There are enough negatives to stop us. There is nothing as depressing and overwhelming as the words, there is nothing. There are more sky watchers than there are believers. More discerners than faith. Delay is not denial, right? The scripture does tell us, tarry until, right? How many like that word tarry? <laughs> Linger, remain. You know what, church? That is our orders from the commander. That's our orders. Elijah did not pray by the barometer. He prayed by the promise. And the world cannot deny it. They might try, but 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4 said, this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith, even our faith. Even our faith, church. Just that little grain of mustard seed that I can't find in my pocket. There it is. Even that, just a little grain. It invites ridicule. Jesus, think about it. Go back into the Gospels. Spat on the ground and mixed mud. He placed the mud on the sightless sockets of the man requesting healing. And told him to find his way to the pool and to wash. I believe it was a super test. The man had to hear all sorts of comments. Maybe like, he's crazy. What does he think he's doing? He's making a fool out of himself. Why doesn't he look where he is going? You know what? Noah heard it. Noah heard it. Paul heard it. Abraham heard it. Esther heard it. Nehemiah heard it. Ruth heard it. And oh yes, let me tell you something. Hold on to your seat. You're going to hear the same comments. The moment you attempt anything for God. There is nothing. The devil hasn't won. He never will. The devil will never win. We're on the winning side, church. We are. Few words have gone all the way. Most would have stopped somewhere. Somewhere short of the pool. Somewhere they would have stopped to wash off the mud and never make it to the pool. But this man went on. Because I believe he heard the same words. Go again. Go again. It's God who sets the point of deliverance, right? It's God who does. In this instance, it was the pool. I do not always see immediately, right? We don't always see. We, we, we see a little bit of it. I want to. But what faith would it be? Were it instant. It becomes strong. Your test and my test of faith becomes strong. 
when tested. You see, Paul believed through shipwreck. Every battle, every hassle, every sail, every load, every side track, all the knowledge of the sea said impossible. It won't work. It can't work. Look at Acts chapter 27, 25. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told. In closing, hallelujah, right? <laughs> the, the, the preacher one time was saying, now in conclusion. He kept saying, now in conclusion, now in conclusion. And his little boy, little boy was standing beside his father and he said to his father, he said, Dad, what does inclusion mean? He said, nothing. <laughs> he said, it means nothing. <laughs> Well, why does the preacher still say in conclusion? It don't mean anything. I asked you, do you believe? I'm not asking you what you think or what the news says. Never mind the cloud, church. Listen for the rain. You see... You can hear it inside your soul if you hold to the promise because God's promises are always better than the signs of the sky. Wow. You see, I believe that God is telling us to hold on to our faith. It might look bleak. It might there might look, look days it's like it's hard. But go again. Go again. Go again. I believe that the shepherds and the wise men and Mary had too. I remember the, there was a saying, words that went this way. Believe like Mary. Trust like Joseph. Hope like the shepherds. Seek like wise men. And love like Jesus. Shall we bow our heads? Father, we love you and we praise you for this day that you have given to us. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you, Lord God, for Pastor and Anna. I thank you for the board and the leadership. Continue to guide them. Continue to give them wisdom and knowledge. Lord, these are times that are hard. But Lord, we're going to go again and again and again. And Father, I pray your anointing upon this church. I pray the anointing upon every leader. Lord, I pray for the children. Would you touch them? Raise them up, Lord God. We need them, Lord. And Father, we will give you the praise and we will give you the glory for it all. In Jesus, we pray it all. Amen and amen. So in conclusion... Timely word. Amen.
go again. How many of you have been praying for something for a long time? Healings or salvations or deliverance. Sometimes you need to hear, go again. Keep praying. Don't stop. You know, in Hebrews, when you read that verse, those are the guys that didn't get their prayers answered. And God still says, go again. So we keep going until one of two things happens. God answers us here or he answers us there. But we still go in faith because maybe this is the time. Maybe this is the seventh time and we see the cloud. We see the answer. But if you stop at number six, you don't get it. Amen. Would you stand as we close this morning? Back in the saddle. You didn't lose anything, buddy. Old preachers don't retire. They just preach someplace else. And how many are glad for Pastor Tim and his family this morning? It's nice being a spectator once in a while. I love hearing God's word preached to me. So thank you again. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We thank you that you're the God who says, go again. Keep praying. Your word says, pray continually. So, Father, we do that. We pray in faith. We believe that you're going to answer. And we continue. We go one more time. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never really, you've never really come to the point where you've asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins. You, you wouldn't consider yourself saved or born again. Well, the Bible says that you're not here by accident. You're here on purpose. As God brought you here, you think you brought yourself here, but God allowed you to be here to hear something that was said this morning that's meant to get your attention, to introduce you to the Savior to allow you to have the same faith and reaction that most of us already have, that we have a God, we have a dad, a father that loves us more than we can understand. And the Bible says that since we're all sinners, we really can't get into that position by ourselves. But the Bible says that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. He's the one that takes our sin debt He's the one that paid the price. He's the one that canceled every bad thing we've ever done. And the Bible says all we have to do is believe it in our heart. The Bible says as many as confess him, those he gave the power or the authority or the right to be called children of God. And the Bible says he's long-suffering, not wanting any to perish, all to come to repentance. If you're here, it's because God wants you to be here so that you come to that faith, that place in your life where you said, I believe that Jesus took my place. I believe that because of what Jesus did, now I am a child of God. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand because we're going to pray for you and introduce you to Jesus, the best choice, decision you're ever going to make. Maybe you're here this morning and you... You've kind of stopped praying at number five or number six because nothing's happening yet. 
You haven't seen a response to prayer. You haven't seen that prayer answered. You haven't received that healing yet. But God says, go again. Maybe this is the, the seventh time and you see God doing a work in your life. God's word says, be encouraged. Be encouraged. We operate in faith, not by what we see, but by what God's word tells us. That word was meant for you. So, Father, we come to you this morning and we thank you for that word. We thank you for the encouragement that sometimes we need to go on, to go one more time. And, Father, we do pray and we continue to pray for all those in our fellowship and those we know who need a touch of healing in their life that may not have received it yet. So, Father, we are coming again in the name of Jesus. As your word tells us, we're coming one more time. And we pray for the miraculous healings in their life. We pray for the miraculous interventions in their life. That, God, you get the glory through the miracles and the signs and the wonders and the healings that happen in our lives as we receive and as we trust you for that one-time healing. So, Lord, I pray for those who are sick that, God, you would touch their bodies right now in the name of Jesus. Bring complete healing to them and allow them to be walking testimonies of the power of God in their life. That, God, you're still the one who heals. You still do the miraculous. You still work in our lives in a miraculous way. So, Lord, I pray that you would continue to do that as we come one more time to the throne of grace, boldly and confidently requesting help. And your word tells us that we will receive mercy and grace in our time of need. So, Lord, I pray your blessings upon each here. Allow us to receive those healings, those miraculous things in our life, because your word says that they still work today. So, Father, we come one more time and believing in faith that you will answer prayer. And then when you do, we will be excited to give testimony to what you have done so that you get the glory, you get the credit, and no one doubts that the hand of God was at work in each and every situation. Father, we love you this morning, and we just pray your blessings upon each one of us as we leave Allow us to receive what you have for us throughout this week, not just on Sundays, but every day. Allow us to be open to what the Holy Spirit wants to tell us, to show us, and to do for us. So, Father, I commit each person here to you in Jesus' name. And everyone shout it in victory. Amen. 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 God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you, Pastor Tim. We appreciate you and your wife and your children. It's awesome to have you guys here.